In a vicious, unforgiving, post-apocalyptic wasteland, a tyrant named Immortan Joe rules over the land, and one of his lieutenants named Furiosa has absconded with his five wives in hopes of getting them somewhere safe. Along the way, Furiosa runs into a drifter named Max, who agrees to help her save the wives and take down Immortan Joe's sadistic empire in the 2015 critically acclaimed action thriller Mad Max Fury Road. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Adam Johnson. I'm Jeremy Johnson. And this is Filmgasm. Welcome to the Filmgasm Podcast. I'm joined today by Austin's brothers, Adam and Jeremy, who are going to help me unravel the insanely action-packed thrill ride, Mad Max Fury Road. Excited to be here with you guys. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Uh, you texted hey, me a few yeah. days ago and uh, we're like, hey, let's, you know, let's do a movie. Pick a, pick a time you want to record this week and pick a movie. And I mean, I was like, man, in the history of movies, like, what, I got to pick of one that haven't have not done yet. Um, the first one that came to my mind was was Zodiac because uh, that's one of my favorite movies and I thought that'd be a fun one to talk about but Austin said you guys did that about three years ago he's like well we could do a re-release I said no no, no. I want it to be something y'all haven't done yet so um, this is kind of the next thing I thought in my head so yeah Mad Max Fury Road an awesome awesome theater experience that has grown on me every time I've seen it since then so um, yeah that was the kind of impetus behind choosing this movie very nice I love that and since we kind of rebooted the show anything we did on the old show is totally up for grabs so it's like clean all dead but I understand you wanted to kind of do your own thing here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Break some new ground. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Jeremy, um, what do you think about this movie? Uh, I've seen it three times and like, yeah, the first time, three times that I can remember like all the way through the first time. Yeah. It was a theater, which uh, this is a fucking theater movie. Like, uh, if you ever get a chance to see this as a re-release in a theater, like that's that's the that's the way to watch this movie. Uh, so yeah, I was fucking blown away by it the first time. Second time, I didn't like it as much because like I feel like the score's weak, uh, and just like and, and I think that's the thing that just like that's the thing that stood out to me. And then the third time I watched it was today, and I was like, nah, this movie fucking rules. So. <laughs> So two out of the three times I've seen it, I was I, I I loved it. One of the times I was I was a little I don't know. I, I I have a second watch thing where I like things less on the second watch, or maybe more critical. You know, you're less assaulted by everything. You know, but, but nah, yeah, I don't know. This movie rules. Uh, that, that 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 I I think that's that's about as good a review sentence review I could give it. Very cool. I totally get the the second watch thing. I myself, I'm often kind of like mystified by the theater experience. Like seeing a movie in theaters, I'll like it more than if I watch it on my own TV because I'll like, I'll take the experience into account and I'll be just excited. And um, I, this was my second watch for Mad Max Fury Road. I saw it the first time in theaters in 2015 with my dad. I went up to Virginia or yeah. And saw it with my dad and it was fucking crazy. I watched all the Mad Max movies like up there to prepare for this. And I was just like, this is crazy. And then I just didn't think about it for what? Eight years. <laughs> Jesus. 
This came out mm-hmm. 2015, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Eight years ago. Wow. That <laughs> seems like a long fucking time. I don't know. That that's what's been happening to me with like when I'm seeing these movies that came out in 12, 13, 14, 15. I'm like, it seems like it was like that just came out, man. Getting older. <laughs> No, for sure. I feel that too. I'm like, but it simultaneously feels like it came out last year and it came out like 20 years ago. Like, I don't know how, like, I, I think the pandemic has just warped our sense of time completely to where it's like, I can't like gauge exactly. I can remember where I was when I saw it. I did see it in theaters. I just moved back to San Antonio from College Station where I was living for a little while. So um, I do remember that, but it's like, yeah, that, again, that, that both feels like it was, you know, like a couple months ago and like a different lifetime ago. I don't know. It's hard to like gauge that in my mind, but yeah, it does feel like of that time because it is you know it's, it's an ip movie it's like it comes off of these you know these movies in the 80s you know obviously you know many years later but um but it's like it, do, it does have this like kind of known quantity to it which it seems like every movie kind of needs now to kind of sell itself um which i normally kind of buck against but i i so i have not seen any of the 80s movies i hadn't before that i still haven't i still haven't watched any of them like liking this one so much hasn't made me want to go back and watch the old ones i don't know um it just it just hasn't really inspired me to do so i mean maybe it's like the mel gibson of it all that i'm just kind of like eh, you know, I'm, I'm good on, yeah i'm good on that but uh, yeah, uh mel gibson man yeah i don't know so i i've actually not seen them jeremy have you seen the, the 80s movies well i'd always seen bits and pieces of them but uh i mean yeah austin told me yesterday y'all were doing this and there was a chance i was maybe gonna have to go to work but then i didn't have to so so i watched them i watched i watched them yesterday and I'd seen them on like, I don't know, like fucking Spike TV when I was a teenager and like at people's houses, like when I'm drinking or whatever. But uh, but I had never sat down and watched the first one all the way through. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird it's a weird franchise altogether. I don't know how how much y'all want to get into the franchise of it all. But like uh, I after seeing the first one and then like I've already seen bits and pieces of the other ones and I've seen Thunderdome all the way through or Thunderdome or that the one with fucking Tina and shit. Uh, I I feel like Fury Road is the fully realized like vision. The technology's there, you know. I mean, it's it's less like artsy I think than like the first one. Like there's just like this really weird vibe to the first one where you're like. I don't really know shit about Australia. It's just just what Australia is like. Like it's it's there's a there's a strange there's a really strange vibe to it. This I think is the fully realized like vision and all of it. It's like you know metal spikes and fucking uh, post apocalyptic desert. You know gasoline. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like this, like, this is like. This is like the peak of of this story, I think. And, and there's gonna be another one, right? Like next year. Uh, there's supposed to be the Furiosa prequel movie. They're supposed to do that, and then they've had Mad Max Five: The Wasteland on the books for another decade. So George Miller keeps okay. succeeding and then getting like nothing out of it. It's so strange. Um. And the cool thing about the Mad Max movies is they're all pretty standalone. Like you don't have to watch the first three Mad Maxes to get this. It doesn't really affect your viewing experience. It's just a great standalone action movie. Uh, but, you know, I mean, if you're going to watch any of them, The Road Warrior is the one you should watch. Like That's the that's the cool one. The other two. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> uh, the first one is weird as shit. Uh, it's barely an apocalyptic movie. Like, it's just. Max as it's like cop. the it's like it's like pre-apocalypse almost like it's like just yeah. about to collapse it was like 
it's almost like he knew he was making a prequel to like another story. Uh, that's how that's how it felt watching that movie. It was like it just just seems like like this movie doesn't make sense without Road Warrior. Like it's like they're just setting a character up, which is weird. Yeah, it is weird. And then Thunderdome is a freaking just lie. I mean, we get ten minutes of Thunderdome and then like an hour and a half of Hook, basically. It's so strange. Like he, Max befriends the, these kids who like think he's Jesus or something. I don't remember. It's, it's a terrible movie. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't remember anything from that movie either. That one I didn't re. I mean, I, I rewatched one and two uh, yesterday. That I didn't. I didn't want to watch that one again. I also had to rent it, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to rent this and Fury Road." So I just yeah, I didn't. I skipped that one. Uh, y'all, y'all, y'all are really selling me on it here. <laughs> I can't wait. To- yeah, it, I, I'll, I'll say this, Adam. Like, I don't, I don't think you would really like. Because uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't want to. I don't want to put words in your mouth or like. But like, is it? It's like Fury Road is just like on top of this aesthetic is also just like a rad fucking action movie for you. Do you think if that action element like was not there, would you still be like, if it was just like a bunch of characters dressed like that, you know, and it was a drama, like, would you still watch it? Uh, I mean, I would probably see it, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't become one of my favorite movies of like the decade. I mean, no, no question. I mean, the, what, what makes it so cool is the like, honestly, completely absurd action set pieces that are pretty much practical effects. Like, there's not a ton of like kind of CGI like garbage in this, like, which I just like push against like completely and why it's like, uh, there's so many movies that I'm like, uh, I mean, it's, it's just like, it almost just like all looks the same and just kind of washes over you. I don't really you know care anymore, but these, th- those feel completely like unique and original. I mean, obviously again, there's, there's a world. Um, and I keep saying these eighties movies, I guess the first one did technically come out in 79, but they very much feel like, you know, eighties movies. Um, yeah, no doubt. I mean, that late seventies and like, there's always that bleed over in between like, there is. There like is. when shit starts to resemble like the next decade, but also that yep. early decade is resembling the past, you know? Yeah. That, that actually, that, that concept is a chapter in a book I'm reading right now. It's called the nineties by Chuck Klosterman. It's absolutely fantastic. But um, it's like, what exactly is the nineties? Like you could make the case that it goes like up until like, you know, nine 11, you know, um, even though it's technically not the nineties, but um, that's neither here nor there. No, I, I think, yeah, I would not like it as much if it didn't have the action elements, which is, which is weird. Cause I'm not like particularly a huge action fan um but this one is just done it's so unique and so you know um yeah the practical effects side of it i think is what makes what sells it for me it's like that plus the, the performances like i think i think like charlie's is like amazing in this i think there's there's a um there's a performance element to the characters and like a minimalism to like the dialogue that i, I just really like um i find really interesting it, it really creates a world you know especially the dialogue i feel like that's how people would talk if it's been like you know 30 years since the apocalypse like no one's no one's having conversations anymore you're just grunting at each other and yeah it's the most like accurate depiction of like you know a apocalypse that i've ever seen like yeah this is what would happen people lose their goddamn minds kill each other over water and you know grunt and shriek at one another it's like totally water good. wars water wars water wars ah <laughs> uh, i think so that's I a good question. point i think that's a good point but like um and they and they nail that part of it because it's like we how do we get like how we talk and things like that like we get it from movies tv you know having these long conversations with people like the reason people have accents the reason people um speak in like inflections and different tones that they do is because it's like learned behavior from like all of their influences right so if your influences are just like the desert and and, like one or two people that you come across it's like yeah you're not going to have this like robust vocabulary you know 
Um, and then, and then like in the case of the, the, like his like five wives, I mean, they're just kind of secluded in this like little like space. It's like, they're just, they're just like stunted. They're, you know, almost this arrested development thing. So I think that whole part of it. So is I'd say the wives seem to have like the most, uh, they, they seem to be like educated almost a little bit. Like maybe they got books yeah. up there. I, I think I they do. I think they do. They're yeah. the only ones who really seem to like talk about anything other than like, Hey, let's go get bullets and gas. Yes, and but but they but they act like like almost like middle school kids. You know what I mean? Like like they're educated. yeah yeah like stunted. I guess is was the stunted. word he used. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those and wives, I, man. I didn't realize the wives that uh, there's all these like actors that uh, I'm like, oh, it's this person. You know what I mean? Yeah, they've all gone on to like do stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah Zoe Kravitz is one of them, I think. Like, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. yeah. Something Huntington. Something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I guess I don't know all of them. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we can go through them later, and yeah, really talk about each one. But yeah, no, I, th- I think they really like they bring something each kind of unique to the to the table, um, and are named after kind of weird. I mean, it's funny just like looking at the names of these people on this, like, and that's another thing too that would change, right? As like as like time goes on, like we just like we'd shorten people's names. We wouldn't have these like you know like historic last names like Johnson, you know, like like ours. It's like you would kind of change it to just whatever. I mean, like Nicholas Holt's character is just nux. You know, there's just nothing nothing else to it. Um, so I think that that's something that they've they've nailed as well is like the aesthetic and the world and just um, everything about kind of like the naming of the people, how they interact with each other is really you know especially ones who have been like really influenced by a, a, essentially a dictator. You know, in uh, in a Morton Joe. So so yeah, no, I think I think that the, the world was created really well, for sure. I want more of it, and I feel like everyone else does too. But Definitely. George Miller yeah. can't seem to make make that happen. I so strange. <laughs> the hell, George? Yeah, I mean, he he got that yeah, genie but... movie off the ground. That like I'm the only person who saw. Did you guys see that? Three thousand years of longing. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exa- yeah exactly. <laughs> nobody. Yeah, nobody saw that. It came out last yeah, year. I feel like you're I feel like you're making this up. He was a no, Tilda Swinton by right? the genie. And, hmm? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the um, is it is it like a it's like a Disney movie? <laughs> no, it was a it was an R rated like like fantasy Jean drama character. Oh. It it didn't do what well. It was like an anthology. <laughs> oh, movie. I know what you're talking. I've seen the poster for that, and and many times just scrolled right over it and been like, "What's this? Who gives a shit?" Uh, I, I now I know what that is. I guess okay. That's what George Miller did instead of Mad Max Five. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what the fuck. Well, yeah, the, I mean, there, there, it has that same thing that like a lot of horror movies. I feel like I feel like a lot of horror movies have this ones that I really like, like Hereditary, for example. To say like a recent fucking banger of a horror movie, it's got this this lore that's like deep, but like you only get like just a little piece of it, and then you're left to kind of like fill in the gaps yourself. Uh, it never, it never does this thing that 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 like a lot of anime and like video games does, where they will just dump like call it lore dumping, right? Where where a character will just be like, this is how everything in this world works, you know, like, and it's this long fucking exposition about like, you know, history of the world we live in. Like, we're just slowly introduced, you know, but like like in in Fury Road, like the like the War Boy culture, like they have their own culture and they're like. Valhalla thing and they're like you know they have this thing they say I'm awaited you know like it's like oh dude they have this they're they're all I mean they're all fucking brainwashed right like Morton Joe has this like propaganda machine that like the Valhalla I am awaited witness me you know they have their own little like religion that just makes them 
do whatever Morton Joe needs them to do uh, in their half life. You know? But we're just slowly, we're just that's slowly revealed to us over time through through dialogue and seeing things happen. You know, and I think yeah. and the, the other Mad Max movies have that too. I think that we're just slowly. We're, it's like, you know, what does it call? Like, we're like drip fed the lore, you know, and it's fucking great, I think. Yeah, I, that's a huge element that I responded to as well. It's like, okay, we're going to drop you in this world and just figure it out, you know, like, we're not going to like spell it out for you. Okay, you know, 5,000 years after this, this happened in this, and then this person has this power, and this person, it's like just, it's just, hey, here's the world, here's Max, figure out what's going to happen from here, you know, with like our little clues, classic like show, don't tell stuff. And I think it's really well done in this movie. Yeah, I agree. I do miss, you know, Road Warrior has, the the villain of Road Warrior is a guy named the Humongous, and he is described, he's introduced as the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, and that might be the best <laughs> character introduction in movie history. And I, a Morton Joe has an element to that, this, this, you know, this worshipped, tyrannical sadist who everyone here will die for unless they have an opportunity to kill him, in which they, in which case they will take it. <laughs> yeah. It, I love that. The the villains of this franchise are over the top as much as possible and it's it's just fantastic. Well they're all, they're also there's there's like a there's a goofiness to them too. Yeah. This is a, yes. there's a, there's a sense of humor about them like especially at like Morton Joe's sons and like Yes. Yeah, and then the last guy was just called Humongous and he's just like this big doofy guy like <laughs> who everybody fucking just there's just like this alpha male apex thing where like everyone worships this person. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, I wonder if that's like, you know, the Australian aesthetic of the film. It's like it's not taking itself too seriously. This could very well not even be post-apocalyptic. This could just be Australia dealing with its <laughs> own like lack of gasoline and water and the rest of the world is fine. <laughs> I No, I, I thought about that too. About I'm like, I, there, there are moments that obviously it's, you know, we'll get into this. But I think it, it's shot in Namibia, you know, and, and then Namibia desert. But like. It, you know, it certainly feels like we're down under, you know I mean? It's like, that, I think that's the whole point. It's like, we're supposed to feel like, Hey, we're in, you know, deep in the outback where, um, and yeah, there's just like, there's some lines and, and kind of like, uh, I don't know, sensibilities that are like very Australian that I think it like make the movie like a lot more fun. Um, and yeah, and part of it is that kind of like that, that humor, I think. And it's like, yeah, we know this is kind of ridiculous, but like come along for the ride with us. I think that's, that's kind of fun. Yeah, for sure. If it was too serious, everyone would be like, this is, this is too much. It needs yeah. to be goofy to be accessible. Yes, for sure. For sure. Kick ass. Um, so I have a question. I'm curious about um, what you guys think about this. What are your thoughts on belated sequels? Because it took 30 years to get Mad Max 4. There's a 30 year gap between Thunderdome and Fury Road. And yet this was very well received. And you don't often get the well received belated sequel. Do you think this is a sequel? Like, I've always well, thought part of the same. Fran- it's not, the, the Mad Max films are not like, there's not really a continuity. It's just, you know, a thematic like part four of this franchise. Yeah. Like there wasn't yeah, like story threads from Thunderdome that needed to be written. Like that wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, if it's I, like I, I see exactly this one as a... separate. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jeremy. Uh, yeah. I, I just see this one. I've always seen this one as separate because it's. It. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels so, so much different. And I, I mean, I guess if, I guess, you know, you'd have to hear from the man himself, like if George Miller was like, this is a direct sequel. And maybe that's what something that you're referring to, Connor. But I never really saw it as a stain. Like it's still, it's still like, you know, it 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 shows us that there's some kind of child in Max's past that like 
he feels responsible for their death. Like, and, and it, it, there's a couple of moments where you see like she, this child has been run over or something, you know, like, which is what happens in, um, uh, the original Mad Max. So I, I felt like it was just like, okay, it's the same exact story, but like, we're just like starting over, but I, I don't know. I guess that's a good point too. Connor, if you're just saying that, like, it doesn't really matter anyways, like, like it's like, or it's, it's kind of like a superhero comic book in that way where it's just like here, it's just, here's the character. Some of the things that you understand about the character are the same. Here's the story. Shut the fuck up. You know, that's uh, how I, that that's how I think of it. I like, I, it's like, it's clearly, I mean, cause you know, it's, it's the same thing. It's right. It's like Mad Max, you know, colon like this, like it, you know, like it's of the same, you know, world. It's like, obviously it's a new Max. It's a new, you know, rightfully so like, I mean, oh. all that stuff like makes sense to me, but I will say, I will say, I don't know if we we're going to get into this. It's not exactly the only thing in the 30 years between uh, in the Mad Max uh, universe, because the California Love Tupac video is basically based off of a Mad Max um, like war rig, like chase. If you ever have seen the video for California Love uh, by Tupac. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's basically it's 1995. Well, there, so, yeah. there is. I mean, if we're talking about California Love, like, I mean, there's tons of shit that pulls from Mad Max. Sure, like, sure. That's just like the big one that I noticed. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cal- California Love. Yeah. California Mad Max. California Love too. <laughs> Mad Max, Tupac Shakur. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, anyway, but no, I I I view them as I mean I haven't seen the other ones, but like I they're kind of just in the same world. Like I think that comic book thing is is the good example of just like yep, like you know these characters generally like let's just kind of you know like tell a different story with them. Yeah, the actor's different. You know, it's Tom Hardy this time, but th- yeah. like it is. I noticed that. <laughs> good. Glad you were paying attention. Keen a keen yeah. eye there, Jeremy. <laughs> yes. But thematically it's supposed to be the same Max from Mad Max Road Warrior and Thunderdome. This is his, you know, fourth adventure that we've seen. So I think it is supposed to be the same continuity, but the stories are also wildly different that it really doesn't matter. Okay. Well, if you could, do you have an example of another like belated sequel? I know that there's so many, I guess like would like Prometheus be one. Yeah. Or like yeah, that would. Covenant, Prometheus yeah. and Covenant. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like a a band that you really like that their heyday was in whatever decade twenty years ago, and they put the record out, and it's like ah, this is like them, but it's also like kind of played out. But sometimes it's great. I don't know. I mean, I think I think I think what I'm gonna think about it is gonna depend solely on you know the quality of the product, right? I mean, yeah. Fury Road is dope. Like I, I actually, I actually, uh, I actually like Prometheus. I know a lot of people didn't like Prometheus, but uh, I think that's a I good don't example. Remember, I don't really, I don't remember liking Covenant. I can't remember anything about it. But but this Covenant count because that's like the sequel of the belated sequel. I don't know. What's it? Give me another one. What's another okay. one here, Connor? All right, I got one. A good recent example. Uh, Scream Five. 11 year gap between four and five new filmmaker continuing in that same continuity, but also trying to establish new characters and a new story that was very well received. People you know, love that. It got a sequel scream six, which is also pretty cool. So, but then you uh, got, I, didn't, like, I didn't know that was out. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good, but you've also got okay. like dumb and dumber too. <laughs> yeah. Which. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, I never saw that. 
Yeah. There are some franchises, I think, in my head, there's a clear line between a franchise that I will fuck with again. And I think it's going to be solely on the nature of what that franchise is like. So, like, Scream, you know, that they're just, like, I mean, three and four. Like, I actually just recently rewatched all five of those, uh, like, like last week. Um, uh, start, I, I actually, well, I'd never seen three and four. And three and four are pretty bad. Uh, one, two, I mean, one's great. Two's, two's a good sequel. And, I mean, they just keep building off, and they're just, like, more inane than the last one. And five does that. Like, I mean, there's that scene in five where, like, that character is watching Scream while, or, like, not, uh, what is it? Stab. Stab, Stab right, is the Inner Universe movie. Uh, she's watching the scene from Scream that is in the Stab and screaming at the character who's screaming at the character. You know, it's just, like, this layered scene of, like, and, and the killer is actually sneaking up behind her at the same time as she's screaming at the character on the screen who's screaming at another character on the screen while, you know, what I'm, you know, the scene I'm talking about, right. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. so, I mean, like, I'm always going to watch movies like that. Cause it's, it, it's, it's just going to keep building and be more ridiculous than the last. And I think that's what Mad Max was always going to do. It's just like this kind of ridiculous post apocalyptic world. that's just brutal as hell. Like, you know, that's what it's going to be. So I think, yeah, it depends on the nature of the franchise, you know, like, like I've, I've heard that there's, they're trying to make more Lord of the Rings movies. Um, and I don't know if you'd call those belated sequels, but like, I'm not looking forward to that, you know, like, cause that's going to be self-serious the way Lord of the Rings is. And, and it's like, I just don't trust that that's going to be, I don't know. So that's an answer right there. It depends on the nature of the of the franchise, I guess. That's, I mean, it's a pretty long answer, but well, I, it depends, I, Connor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that for me, like the time, like the amount of time between franchise installments shouldn't matter if the product is made for the right reasons. Mm. You can always tell a cash grab. You can always tell when a movie was made just to cash in. Like these Lord of the Rings movies, they're doing. They're considering rebooting Harry Potter as a series. Like none of those are, you know, creatively driven decisions. They're all financially driven. They just want to make a dollar. They don't give a shit what the quality of the product is. George Miller believed in this fucker for 30 years. He wanted to make this his way, his vision properly. So, you, and you can tell. So I, for me, that's what it is. It's money versus, you know, creativity. I think that's a good way to, good way to phrase it. That, so, that I mean, is, I mean, yeah, that is, that is a great way. To, I, I hadn't really thought of that angle. I don't, I don't know how much I want to go into like the actual movie itself on this one because it's like it, it's not. I mean, not very much time passes in this movie, and it's like I, I want to say like not a lot happens. I mean, obviously there's like you know these incredibly dramatic you know like chase sequences, but like in reality, I mean like it's 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 not um, like oh my gosh, we should continue you know, taking to the plot of this movie because it's just so plot heavy. It's like it's not really. It's it's just like these people have a goal. They're trying to get somewhere. These people are trying to stop them. There's a guy who you know is kind of in charge of this whole world, but like he can kind of feel it crumbling a little bit, so he's trying to maintain that control. It's like. There's not like, um, you know, a, a, a C, D, E, and F plot. You know, it's like there's really, it's just kind of like, you know, relatively simple, straightforward story, but it's done well. I mean, the story is good. It's effective. I mean, I'm not, that's not to, you know, deny it. Um, but it's just like, I don't know. Like, we, I don't think we need to go beat for beat. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe when we talk about the scenes, I think that's kind of what we can get the gist of the movie because it's really not that many scenes, the movie itself. It's two hours. That's another thing, too. This could be like three hours long and like really drawn out and kind of like, 
boring and like like jeremy said you know it can be filled with all this lore talking about stuff it's like it's a it's a very lean two-hour movie like it's it's um i mean when you take out the credits it's like an hour 53 it's like that's impressive to tell this big of a story this well in that little time well like you said the story is pretty self-contained and uh you know miller takes a less is more approach to the story but he puts everything into his set into his set pieces and in what we get is a a lean and mean killer action movie that has really lasted. Uh, and in terms of going through the plot, I think, you know, when we do our awards, that'll just kind of happen organically. Yeah. Yeah. I figured, I figured it would. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so let's talk production. Uh, Fury road is the fourth installment of George Miller's Mad Max franchise after 1979's Mad Max, 1981's the road warrior and 1985's Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. Two men enter, one man leaves. Miller had been trying to get Fury Road made since he conceived the plot in 1987. He finally got the film into the pre-production stage in 2000 with Mel Gibson set to reprise his role as Max Rokotansky. And then 9-11 happened. The resulting economic catastrophe caused the Australian dollar to balloon along with Miller's budget, so they halted production. Uh, Didn't realize 9-11 had an impact on, uh, on the production of Fury Road. Yeah, I also didn't know Mel Gibson was gonna come back ever. Yeah, I guess that was... wasn't that wasn't really on my mind in one I uh, wasn't <laughs> really thinking about any of this. Yeah, and... well, the reason Gibson ended up not coming back is the reason we all think he didn't come back for, and we're gonna get to that in a second. Um, the subsequent do we, Iraq. Do we war, have to? Why? <laughs> <laughs> what did what was what did Mel do that was so bad? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Mel. <laughs> Mel the Passion Gibson, man. Come on. What? Come on. Mel's Riggs my boy. was framed. Right across concrete. <laughs> right across concrete. Get the gringo. <laughs> man, he's still killing it, bro. Yeah, he, he's one of the few people who just like keeps getting free passes. Which is kind of yeah. weird. Like, other people will get like canceled immediately if they said half the shit this guy said in front of a camera. But Mel I think, Gibson. I think that people don't um i don't think his fame really like carried over to uh gen z they don't give a fuck about him right no like that's true (laughs) no (laughs) i mean they don't it's just true yeah they don't yeah so we i mean to i think to effectively cancel somebody um gen z as they're you know approaching their 30s you know what i mean like some of them are getting older now you need gen z on your side you know, if you want to effectively cancel somebody, that's that's a massive part of the consumer base and and social media presence. So, you know, if Gen Z doesn't give a fuck about somebody, then they're they're I guess they have like some kind of armor, you know, cancel armor. Yeah, Which, you know. Yeah, that is weird. I never would have thought it could also be because he's a white guy. But I mean, I mean, a lot of white guys get canceled now. You know, uh, cause, I don't know. <laughs> Um. Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get to Mel's whole first. We'll get his, to that. his first strike. We'll get to Mel's first strike in a bit. Here. Um, the Iraq War happened. That caused issues with shooting as well. They were shooting in uh, Namibia, and they didn't want to risk anything. At the time, studios were you know hesitant at the time. So, with no with nothing else to do, Miller ended up committing to another project, which was the 2006 animated flick Happy Feet, which he directed. That's so funny that that's what he George Miller. 
Yeah, yeah George, George Miller directed, Miller directed. <laughs> and won an Oscar for Happy Feet. <laughs> it's such a wild pivot. Like, well, <laughs> this Mad Max thing is not happening. I guess I'll I guess I'll turn to Happy Feet. You know that other Iron Man dancing fucking penguin. He'd already booked the studio to like to do the digital work. So he's like, well, shit. All right, I guess I'll go handle that. I hear him pitching that to his team, just like, it's like I know the direction to go now. Penguins. You got. I mean, look, we got Pebble and the Penguin. You've got March of the Penguins. Was March of the Penguins out yet? Yeah, that was kind uh, of the beginning few, of this whole thing. <laughs> there's a few, few uh, different uh, penguin. There was surf, surfs these, up. Remember the surfing penguin? Surfs yeah. up. Yeah, there's a penguin. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's more. Yeah, they, they had somebody on his staff that was just like, really? Okay. <laughs> like, all right. George Miller has one of the weirdest filmographies ever because there's the Mad Max franchise, there's Happy Feet, there's that Genie movie, and he also did Babe, the pig movie yes. from 95. Yes. That's him too. Yes. Oh, he has a thing. He, he's, he likes like cutesy stuff and then also like, you know, grease and gasoline and fire. Yeah. Talking good. animals and post-apocalyptic carnage are his two, two <laughs> like niches, and that's such yeah. All right. Well, he better fucking combine the two before he dies, man. Say, he's a man talk, of simple pleasures. But, a a uh, talking animal post-apocalyptic movie. If uh, I don't see uh, a like talking kangaroo driving a giant truck in part five, I'm not gonna see it. With a, a koala bear chasing it, yeah. <laughs> I just do fucking animated Mad Max, but it's all talking anthropomorphic animals. You know, Zootopia it's Mad, Mad Max is, is like yeah, a koala can... or something. Zootopia Fury Road. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Instant billion dollar grocer. That'd be everyone would see that. <laughs> so much money, man. Fuck. <laughs> we could do it. We we could do it. Yeah. Oh man, we're gonna beat George Miller to the punch. <laughs> and Disney, Disney's gonna well, <laughs> Disney would probably just sue us into fucking oblivion. Anyways, yeah. they're gonna take down like a daycare center and like a cemetery. They'll take us out with no problem. <laughs> you saw that John Oliver bit? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. The cemetery, I was like, wow, that is that's wild. Yeah, that is some cold-hearted shit. Yes, it is. My yes, God, is. but not surprising. No, not surprising. Don't don't challenge the House of Mouse. You'll lose every time. Yeah. Yep. So by the time Miller was ready to get back on track with Fury Road, you know, he'd done Happy Feet, he won his Oscar. It was time to move on to his other passion project. Uh, Mel Gibson had a big hiccup in his career and his personal life when he was arrested for a DUI and made several anti-Semitic and sexist remarks. Suddenly, <laughs> Mel Gibson was not hireable for a while. What year was that, that first, that, that arrest? 2006. Okay, okay. This was right after Passion of the Christ, That's which right. is, I love that. Yeah. And uh, he, you know, said, the, he called the female cop sugar tits and then went on TV and made the most half-assed apology I've ever seen. Yeah, because I was going to say, I remember the the lead up of like the passion, like it wasn't a story then. It must have been after, like you said, right? Just after. Cause yeah, I was like, that wasn't like a thing. Cause like that would have been a bigger deal. It's like, oh man, this guy who's like, you know, directed this like biblical movie, you know, it's like all of a sudden, you know, Delvo stuff. It's like, well, I, mean, I, yeah. I thought that the reason why people were saying that he hated Jewish people is cause he made this movie about, about Jewish people killing Jesus Christ. Like, I didn't know if he had like had that rant. Cause I was, mm-hmm. I mean, what was I, what would I have been like? No six, I would have been fourteen. Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. old enough to have understood that, but <laughs> we weren't necessarily like you know, yeah, like uh, I mean, I, I, didn't well, I just, did, I just like, didn't understand. Oh. I was like, what? Yeah. Like, I just don't get why they hate him. Is because I thought it was because he made that movie. Like, mm. I thought it was because yeah. of that movie. No. Yeah, there was the movie, and then there was him saying, and I quote, Jews are responsible for all the world's wars. That didn't help. Yeah. yeah. And then the apology, the, the apology is fucking hilarious because he does not care. He does not, there's no remorse in his in his body at all. And everyone knows it. They're just trying to get through it. I'm surprised. Well, maybe they have. Maybe I just, I've just like, I've blocked all this stuff out. Have him and Kanye not like collaborated on anything? Like, have they not like like hung out or like had some sit down or like i mean genuinely like i'm, I'm actually surprised that that has not happened like that's that's kind of like gibson kind of you know passed the anti-semitic baton to kanye west there's always one person every decade or so oh, i think there's there's well enough anti-semitic people in both of their fields to like they don't need to go outside of their fields to like you know I mean, there's a, there's enough in the music industry, and there's enough in eh, Hollywood. You know, they could just they didn't need it. They don't need each other. You're saying they get plenty of support in their own little circle. That yeah, that's like they don't. I'm saying they can do bad all by themselves. <laughs> it's an echo chamber. Each other's help. <laughs> wow, that's horrible. Well, I know Mel's currently ramping up production on Passion Two, so maybe maybe something else will happen. Is Are that you serious? That for real? He's doing the resurrection. Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> I didn't. <know> <laughs> I thought that was just a bit. Was like, this, this yeah. It was a Family Guy joke, but now it's real. I, I wow. feel like I feel like that. It's still a bit where you're like, "Yeah, he's doing the resurrection." <laughs> what a back fucking from joke! Yeah. Uh, back from the dead. Well, yeah. Uh, well, are you talking about that Family Guy with like it's like Chris Tucker and he's like yeah. passion to crucify this? Yeah, let he who is without sin kick the first ass. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, Mel apparently didn't get the joke because Passion Two comes out in the next couple of years. How about that? Yeah, is it? What's it going to be called? Uh, I think it is called like Passion to the Resurrection. Is it Jim Caviezel? Yeah, he's probably back too. He's not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, well, he he was available. Got, <laughs> he's got in trouble for saying fucked up shit too. I think. Uh, well, I don't know, man. I mean, he's how, how? I mean, what is he fucking like? Fifteen years older now? I mean. Yeah, well, yeah, at least, yeah. When you come back from the dead, you know, there's a little, a little age on you. Yeah. They lost something. It's like, been through some shit. I've only been in there for three days. He was like, get out of town. <laughs> well, I mean, if they do, if they use like the D age tech, I mean, yeah. won't that kind of be reinforced by like the halo effect? So Jesus will just look weird anyway. Yeah. No, I think it'll be. Yeah, fun. I mean, he's come back from the dead. So, yeah. yeah. I guess there's all bets are off, anyways. Yeah. The de effect. So they just essentially don't have to try that hard with the de-aging to make it look like, you know, when I was watching The Irishman and I was like, man, Robert Nero looks weird as fuck, like the whole movie. And like the way he's moving doesn't match up with the way his face looks. So yeah, I guess they just won't have to worry about any of that because, yeah, he came back from the dead. All bets are off. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to see that one. Uh, I, don't, I still haven't seen The Passion of the Christ. I just... I... <sighs> I've seen the Last Temptation of Christ, and I enjoyed that. So I'm I'm good on my Jesus movies right now. It, uh, I mean it it it's it okay. I mean it's it's not it's not a bad movie. I don't think I don't know. I, don't I just don't want to see Jesus get like tortured for two hours. I don't find that appealing. 
Yeah, there's definitely the, you know, like, torture porn aspect of it. Like, it's like Saw, but it's also, like, you know, this, like, world global icon that mean you know yeah i don't know i i i I get i get why someone wouldn't want to watch it no 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 doubt uh well yeah i i yeah the the second one probably won't be that uh violent though right i mean yeah i don't know what happens like in the bible after the resurrection i always thought that was like the end of the book but i don't know no no that's i never read the book so i don't know there's a lot more after that. That's not there's the final one. season. It got renewed. That's... It is not. There's there's a whole other testament. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The show just wasn't the same after Jesus left. You know, after they lost Jesus, man, it just wasn't the same. They should have should have canceled the show after season nine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I actually was thinking about this the other day. That's like, I'm actually surprised nobody. I mean, I guess maybe there's been like attempts. Like no, no, like streamer or something like that has tried to do like a genuine, like almost like, you know, like kind of hard hitting take on like the the biblical story. Like I mean, it's just like we talk about like people that need IP and like I mean, there's just this endless well of like stories and like things to like to use. Like I mean, you could just go this chronological thing. It's like that would be like 15 seasons. Like you could you could fill up so much, you know, yeah. show. But what would I you guess, call uh, it? The Bible? I mean, yeah. would it be like? Would it be like sex? See, I mean, like that's what people want in the TV shows, right? I mean, I mean so you got to you got to have like a lot of you got to have a lot of. I mean, yes, there's a lot of sexy things that happen yeah, in the Bible, it, it but certainly like, could be. Yeah. I mean, it would just drive. I mean, it would just drive way too many people fucking insane. You know, yeah. it would drive like the uh, you know it would drive the uh, the Christian communities. Most of them would you know lose their minds, and other people would be like, get this, you know, fucking. Religious exactly. right trash off my Netflix, you know, or whatever. Are we talking like oh, King James Bible, or are we talking like there's so many different interpretations where it's like, which one do you make the show out of? Well, well yeah, I mean, I you think... wouldn't make the show out of one of them. You would do your own interpretation, so it would be yeah as yeah. canonical as King James. It'd <laughs> be like, oh, you know, I'm I, you know, oh, where'd you get that quote from the Netflix version? So <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I more mean I more that's mean... how strong streaming Bible would be. The like the stories, you know, there's so many stories. It's like it's not necessarily like like oh let's let's like shove this like ideology down your throat. Like that's not what I, I mean. I don't really. That's I, how I'm it would curious. be seen, though. I think. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. I mean, like just yeah. an episode of like Samson. Hell, like man, you do a five episode arc on Samson, and that's like a dope that's yeah. a dope story. Yeah, and that's just like one one of the passages in Judges. Like, you know, there's several stories in Judges yeah. that could make for an entire I mean, King David. TV. So sure. Yeah. Maybe that is what they should do. Just make uh, just judges. Yeah. Just do that yeah. that whole book. They, no, I, it, it, it's it's it, in a world where we're looking for so much like story and like you know like what's something that we can like sell. It's like I mean why? It's like well that's like the ultimate thing. It's like the most popular you know book you know like in the last two thousand years. It's like you know what why not why not use those stories you know to tell this like kind of crazy narrative. It's definitely because of the religious aspect. There's no. Oh sure question. sure yeah. But I, I think there's a way to make it where it's like you almost like remove that part of it. It's like it really is just telling the stories, you know, because some of the stories really are like incredible. I don't. I disagree. I I just don't. I think it's just too wrapped up in like too much. I think I think that they could do it and it would be like they could make it good, but it just I don't think it would be successful. Like you, like you don't think people would you don't think people would receive it that way. I think it could be made that way. I don't think people would receive it that way. Is that what you're saying? I just don't think it would be like very successful, and I don't think that you could. I don't think you could. I mean, in theory, you could get this cast and the crew for the show. I don't think like people would really want to touch it either, though. So I feel like they just kind of be taking the cast and the crew 
taking what they could get, you know, when it's just maybe not the right person for the role or whatever. Like, I just think that's fair. It would that's be fair. like, yeah. It, yeah, it'd just be too big of a thing. Cause yeah, I mean, you're saying like, why has nobody ever done it? I mean, people have done it, but normally it's for like, yeah, yeah. to watch in church and shit. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. And I, I've seen a couple of those and like, we, you know, we had to watch it like our, you know, private school growing up and it's like, these are like horrible movies, like horribly acted, horribly. It's like the story is like interesting, you know, like if you told this in like maybe a more modern light or with some really good, um, you know, actors like to play with, it's like that, this could be pretty cool, but I don't know. Yeah. You're probably right. It probably, I, I think it could be really well made. Like if you got, you know, freaking let's get, you know, season one could be directed by, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like random people. I mean, George Miller certainly has a biblical, like, you know, t- you know, tint to some of his like big stories. It's like that could it all uh, comes back to George Miller. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously we're, we're you know, we've, we've, we've gone pretty far, far yeah. Uh, yeah. away from, from Mad Max. But I think if you got different people to tell the different stories, it can be made really well, but I do think you're, you're right. It probably would not be received the way it, it was it's supposed to It'd be received either too far one way or too far the other way. And then end up being rejected by most people. So um, anyway, but no, we should get back to Mad Max because yeah, there's still plenty to talk about in this movie. Um, Connor, yeah, what do you we're want to about? Real quick, the, we're yeah. talking about season one of the Bible. I do want to point out real quick that History Channel did do this. Okay, they, they okay. did a Bible miniseries called The Bible in 2013. That was 12 epi- or 10 episodes that covered creation to the crucifixion, and then they did a sequel miniseries called AD: The Bible Continues that then mm. followed off the crucifixion. Okay, so yeah, man, that's, I mean, they're trying to cover... Connor had the answer the whole time if we just would have shut the fuck up. (laughs) I was trying to be like, I was trying to wait for my moment, it just never came. (laughs) I mean, that that is, that's somewhat what I'm talking about, but it's like, it's still History Channel, like, um... It's History Channel, it's not the same thing. Yeah, like I'm saying, like HBO should take a swing at this. You know what I mean? Like that's. No, it wasn't narrative. Not, it was just on the History uh, Channel. Yeah, yeah. The sexy version of the Bible. (laughs) Yeah. The Bible after dark, you know, um, like that, that, that seems, that seems like some shit that would be like on a, on in a fictional universe, like, you know, that there is a sexy TV show with the Bible yeah. story. Anyway, but we'll anyway. see, man, it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it has. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so ultimately Miller decided to soldier on without Gibson, who they both agreed had become too old to play the part anyway. So they were just like, Hey, how about you just walk away from this? And Gibson was like, yeah, I got my own problem. So sure. Uh, Miller then considered uh, turning it into an anime style film and making a video game tie in in 2008. So that was his like, well, I'll just do it animated. And then he was eventually was like, nah, that's a bad idea. So he, he toyed around with a lot of ideas to do Fury Road and ultimately just kind of went back to the drawing board, settled on his original idea. And that, finally went into production in 2010 when British actor Tom Hardy was cast as Max and Charlize Theron was cast as Furiosa. And uh, some of the other finalists for Max were Army Hammer. Uh, nope. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Wait, what I didn't you know that. That's was... crazy. What did you say Army Hammer was? Oh, he was cool. one of the finalists to play Max. Oh, fucking A. Okay. Yeah. He recently lost his uh, his job selling timeshares in the Caymans. He's living with Robert Downey Jr. now. Is he? Is that what? what yeah, that he mean? got he got uh, busted for some really illicit. Oh yeah, I mean, he was trying to, talking about eating people's hearts and shit or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then he was accused of rape by an ex girlfriend. Then he fled the country, started selling timeshares in the Cayman Islands, and then he lost that. That's job. real. That's not a joke. No, that really happened. There was a like 
call Army for all your, you know, timeshare needs. There was a, a <laughs> number you could call. Like he had a legit salesman job in the Caymans, and uh, he lost that. And now he's back in L.A. living with Robert Downey Jr., who keeps giving people who don't deserve them second chances. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there almost Batman. Goddamn. Robert Downey Jr. has done that for. Is, are there other people that Robert Downey Jr. has done that for? Yeah, Mel Gibson. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> because Downey has been at rock bottom, he's been to prison, he's yeah. he's almost lost really his need, career. Yeah, I figured that's what it was. He, he's willing to give people, you know, the benefit of the doubt, even when it's Army Hammer. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, tell people, I'm going to eat your heart. <laughs> Did not Army Hammer like fucking use Adam? Didn't didn't, didn't he like use our dad's like warehouse as like a studio yeah. space or some shit? Yeah. Like, His wife. He said he would like he would carry a fucking dog around everywhere he went. It was like playing around on the shelves and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So his his wife owns a bakery here in San Antonio, and they used you know my well my dad used to own it, but my uncle owns it now. My dad does something different now, but um they have a bakery supply here in San Antonio. And so he, they would use the lab to like test all their stuff and he would come in like all the time, like, and, and like, you know, hang out at the, at the warehouse and, you know, with, with his wife back there. And the, the, I, I believe the, I'm gonna look it up, but the bakery's still going. Like, it's like really successful. Um, yeah. It's like down, like kind of close to downtown San Antonio. Yeah. It's still, yeah. Um, <laughs> Small yeah. world. Oh, you look it up right now. I am. Yeah. It's oh. open. So, well, she um, probably left his ass, right? Uh, oh, I would hope so. I certainly would hope so. Yeah. yeah. No, by all accounts, she was a great. Yeah, she, yeah. she had the she had the bakery to fall back on. That's good for her. Yep. Yeah, definitely. All right. You said there's other were there yeah. other people that Army Hammer, Jeremy Renner, Michael Fassbender, Joel Kinnaman, Eric Bana, Eminem, and uh, Heath Ledger before his <laughs> timely passing. But yeah, Eminem was heavily considered. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. With a real Mad Max, please stand up. I like that. Uh, that's. Uh... <laughs> That's pretty good. I the the one the one that you said that's that starts me that I think could, could have done a really good job is Michael Fassbender. Yeah. He's I think I think I think Jeremy Renner. I, I think I think Jeremy Renner out of that list. I, I, I could fuck with that. I could see him wearing the mask. Yeah. I'm 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 mixed on Renner. I'm he's he's fine. Fassbender, I feel like, is a tremendous actor who keeps picking terrible projects. I I, I want to like what what happened to Magneto? You know, the bad guy from 12 Years a Slave, like Steve Jobs. I want that Fassbender back. Like, what happened? Or or Frank. You ever see Frank? Frank was such a weird movie. <laughs> oh, I love Frank. It's one of his best roles, and you never see his fucking face. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there's that, like, Assassin's Creed movie that he did. Uh, um, I mean, he's, like, he's really good in those alien movies, but it's also, like, why are you doing this? Like, what? what is it that draws you to this like you could just be i don't know but yeah. yeah i think runner runner for me in that list i think eric banna i know he's capable of doing shit like that like you know chopper basically like i think he he could have done it but ultimately tom hardy you know as the kind of you know warrior a few words i think he does a great job yeah he's perfect for that role uh, the original plan was to shoot two films back to back. Miller keeps like having these grandiose giant plans for this that just keep falling through. Uh, he was going to do Fury Road and then a Furiosa movie like at the same time. And that didn't happen the way Miller had planned, but he does. He did eventually film the Furiosa prequel. It's in post-production. 
it's expected next year with Anya Taylor Joy in the role of Furiosa. So, oh, yeah, nah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see it. I mean, yeah, but that's that's uh, the plan now, or um, that's done. Oh, yeah, that's been filmed. Yeah, they're they're in post production. Oh, okay, yeah, 2024 release, I, I believe is what. That's yeah. a fucking letdown. Because I just if, if like I here's another thing about these movies is like sometimes it's like here we made a shitload of money off this. Now let's do a fucking prequel. Like I'm not a fan of that. Like it's like oh man, I love this thing you just made. You're gonna make more of them, but like it's not gonna be Tom Hardy and you know I don't know. I like that the story ends the way it does and that like this is kind of just like another adventure like you were saying it's just the adventures of Mad Max basically but he's not going to be in it no is, this is yeah. this is before Furios ever I like I'm not a fan of that I'd rather not watch I mean yeah I, I think I, I, I probably won't see it in theaters but I'll probably catch it on the catch it on the streams <laughs> later well prequels just they suck all the mystery out of it. Like we know there's not yeah. going to be any stakes. We know she's going to make it out of this alive. Like there's not going to be any tension. It's just kind of like, I think, I feel like they're, they're going to do a lot of gags where like, Oh, is this when she loses her arm? You know, like, like she'll pull it back a bunch of times or like almost get it cut off. You know, it's a gag from like fucking hot tub time machine, you know, but I, <laughs> swear I was God, thinking about, yeah, they're going to do that joke. Like, it's and they do it all the time. Like what, they did it with uh, one of the Marvel movies with uh, the, with uh, Nick Fury when he's younger. Um, Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel, and and then the, and then the and then the reason ends up being like super fucking lame, and it's like, oh, it's so funny. It's like, no, it's not. Fuck that. I mean, you know, whatever. Some people like that joke. I didn't like that joke. Uh, but yeah, I, I do, and it's just I don't. I, I I thought when I saw the Furiosa thing, I thought it was going to be like, you know, it was just a continuing of her story, and that Max would the be continued able to adventures show up. of Furiosa in yeah in yeah. this world yeah no that's fair and I think I think I think Charlize probably would have done it I've, I've seen like clips of people like oh like why aren't you Furiosa and she's like oh I would I would have done it you know like I think um I think she's <laughs> George Miller <laughs> yeah yeah I think she she certainly would have but. Uh, no, I, I mean, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not thinking it's going to be amazing, but I'm going to see it. I, I George Miller with this movie has, has earned my trust to be like, and I, you know, I like Anya Taylor-Joyce. So I'm like, yeah, I'll give this a chance. You know, and this was such a cool theater movie. You know, hopefully that one will be too. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, call me gullible. I don't care. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at too. Like, I just want more Mad Max. I don't, you know, I'll take yeah. what I can get. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so according to Miller, about 90% of the effects in this film were made practically without CGI, including the uh, the nutcase with the flaming guitar, which Miller mm-hmm. named the Doof Warrior. That's a fully functional fl- like f- flamethrower guitar. Yeah. That's fucking beautiful. <laughs> That's so cool. It's like what Rammstein does, man. <laughs> you know that, that German band? Yeah. Yeah, they, they have flamethrower guitars. That's cool. I've got some yeah, German I mean, family yeah, who go like follow them on cool. tour throughout Europe. They, like she fucking loves Rammstein. I I'm not really a fan of their music, but if I ever get a chance to see them, I I'm like, and it's not too expensive, and it wouldn't be too far away, I I would I would take it just for it. From the videos, it kind of looks like it's like Mad Max Live. <laughs> That's it awesome. should be a thing. Mad Max the musical. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, one hundred percent. Fuck with that! Yeah. <laughs> 
Remember they tried to make a Spider-Man Broadway musical, but it was so technically impossible that they can't. They like canned it after like a month. Well, someone died, right? One of the stuntmen died, I think. Really, I didn't hear about that. Like yeah. fell, like fell off of uh, doing a stunt, and wow. that was that was like it. Actually, I don't even think they canceled after that guy died. It was like that was one of the reasons that led to the cancellation. Maybe it was just a serious injury, but I swear to God, somebody died on the set of Spider-Man in the musical. What? Wow. Right. I, didn't, I didn't know well, that. Maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should check that. I'm yeah, doing I was that about right to now. say, I was like, I was like, we, yeah, we, we maybe, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, no, he's, he's dead, man. He's fucking dead. Uh, okay. He didn't die, but he was viciously injured. Hmm. Uh, he okay. jumped from a platform and rehearsed. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Listeners, he plunged 30 feet, multiple broken ribs, substantial bleeding, had to have back surgery. Uh, see, I think that that they were like, This is this isn't worth it. No, no, definitely not. No, yeah, I mean, because what, yeah, I, I don't even want to get into the Spider Man thing. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about that, but like, we need to just get, stick with Matt and Axia. Uh, yeah, that's that's that is that does not seem worth it at all. No. Um, Mad Max Fury Road ended up being an enormous success. It has an IMDb score of 8.1, Rotten Tomatoes score of 97%. Critics' consensus reads, with exhilarating action and a surprising amount of narrative heft, Mad Max Fury Road brings George Miller's post-apocalyptic franchise roaring vigorously back to life. I agree. That's what happened. Uh, the film grossed $415 million on a budget of $150 million, which seems low. I thought this had a much more... Like much higher box office, but I guess not. Well, uh, it just, I think because we're just used to just these like absurd amounts in like you know Marvel movies and like you know Top Gun Maverick and stuff like that. It's like that that is a lot. I mean that is that's almost half a billion true. dollars. I mean that's we're just we're it's like we our, our minds yeah. are like warped like into like oh it must <laughs> it must make one point one billion to like be successful. You know like it, totally right. it, tri- it tripled its money on like a, a very expensive movie. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's true. Four hundred <laughs> million. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what number you said now. I've got yeah, fucking a- mental box office inflation. Like it's I I expect yeah. a certain amount of success now. Damn it. Marvel. Well, Avengers Endgame made <laughs> way more than that. Oh. Uh, this is cool though. It was nominated for 10 Oscars, winning six. It destroyed the uh technical yeah. awards that unite. Right, rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. It won costume design, film editing, makeup. Production design, sound editing, and sound mixing. It was nominated for visual effects, cinematography, best director for George Miller, and best picture. So, fuck yeah. Well done. I love seeing all the, like, Aussie technical people show up in, like, jeans and leather jackets to get their Oscars. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> continuing the uh, continuing the yeah, the sense of humor and lack of uh, taking it too seriously, you know, yeah. um, from the movie itself. I, like, I love that. Yeah. The film editor was... Uh, Miller's wife, who just like did it as a favor, and she won an Oscar for it. Decent, not bad. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, so with that, let's give this film some awards. Sounds good. We have the Quentin Tarantino Award for the best line of the film. We have the Thomas Newman Award for the best music moment of the film. The Philip Seymour Hoffman Award for the best performance, and the John Carpenter Award for the best scene. So let's start out with the best line. Um, Adam, why don't you start us out? So, the, the, you know, the um, I'm sure on these, you know, you, I, I listened to you guys talk about these before. You don't always want to go with like the one that's like, oh, like it was in the trailer. Like it's so obvious and stuff like that. It's like that's really dumb. And so there's the 
you know, don't want to take it, you know, from you guys, but uh, the the what a day, what a lovely day. It's like, but it, that does hit really hard when it actually happens in the movie. It's like, ah, that's pretty cool. Like, it's like as as annoying as it is, to like kind of want to choose that big one. But I will go to um one that I guess in the end I'm trying to remember what what, what her character's name is. The Rosie Huntington Wheatley uh, or Whiteley um, character. She says it, but it's written on the wall. Uh, who killed the world in one of the um, like rooms that they're like housed in up in the front, and then she asks it to to one of the like war boys or or like or it's because you killed the world or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it is, but yeah, who killed the world is like the the question written in on the wall um, in one of the rooms that they would keep the five lives. So that's that's uh, that's what I ended up going with. Who killed the world? Nice, it's a good question. Like we never really find out how the world ended in Mad Max, and I I like that. It's just. You know, one day Max is a cop, the next day he's a drifter at the end of the world. And we don't need to know any more than that. Uh, the splendid Engerhard is the uh, is her name. So. <laughs> oh, I actually I was confused because they were saying both of those words. Like at one point they were, and Morton Joe was like, splendid. And then the other characters were like, Engerhard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a last name. Okay. Yeah. I like that one of them is Toast. I like that. Yeah. 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 Zoe Kravitz is named just Toast, right? Toast the Knowing is her is her full name. Yeah. Just, Toast the Knowing. It sounds like some D and D like seer character. Yeah. And then Abby <laughs> Lee is uh the Dag. The Dag. Uh, the Dag. Courtney uh Courtney Eaton is Cheeto the Fragile. Oh my god. <laughs> and then Riley Keough is capable. Just capable. Cheeto the Fragile. Oh boy. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh <laughs> And they're all very serious characters too. Like it's, it's not, yeah. That's those aren't like yeah. goofy names. They're these are tortured, sad people. Like poor souls. Mo- yeah. yeah. Their 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 lines for me, like most of them fall pretty flat. Like, uh, it, it was something that it was something on my second watch that annoyed me. Then on the third one it was just like whatever. Like, I I I wish I would have written some of them down. Just you know, just to talk shit. But like. Yeah, I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't really into the wife wife characters, uh, personally. Okay, do you, do you have a line for us? <laughs> oh, was it my turn? Yeah, yeah I, I thought that's where you were going. Twice. The holes on the zoom here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was my turn. I'm sorry. I'm just saying something. Uh. Oh, I wrote a bunch down. I think I want to go with. Uh, uh, I think I'm, I'm going to go with the the bullet farmer. Uh, he's like, it's like this scene. He, he they're they're like, he's shooting these two like like handguns that have like super long barrels. Um, and just 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 to be clear, so there's like the Gas Town Boys, there's like a Morton Joe, and there's like the Bullet Farmer, and and it seems like they all kind of have like a. They're like a, they work in tandem with each other. I think Morton Joe is like the water guy, gas town boy, whatever the fuck his name is. He's the gas guy, and then the bullet farmer is the bullet guy. Yep. And he, he's that old dude. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. Yep. All right. So, and then they're like, "Oh, you're gonna hit the wives," and he's like, "I don't remember what he says." But then, you know, and there's that really cool scene where Furiosa like takes the sniper rifle from from Max and like uses his shoulder as a brace and like. And then, like, blinds him somehow, right? So he's like, he's like, they're holding that flare up to his face, and he's like, I get, where's the flare? And he's like, hold it closer. And he's like, it's right in front of you. And he's like, ah. So they just put a blindfold on him, and he's like, give me those guns. And he says, I am the scales of justice, conductor 
conductor of the choir of death sing brother cook sing brother sing and then just starts shooting like fucking like straight at where all of our all of our heroes are first off who i don't know who the fuck brother cook is I don't know why he says that, but like, like the explorer. What? I I imagine that was is it Thomas Cook? Is it the, the explorer that like the Cook Islands are named after out there, like way out in the Pacific? No, and... well, see, uh, that's C O O K, and the subtitles at least spell it K O C H. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay, I was thinking maybe maybe that's like a model of a gun. I don't know shit about guns, but like, yeah. I mean that that line kind of comes out of nowhere. Like like we don't like. And I love how this guy's just like, all right, I'm blind. So, like, he no longer really cares about not killing Immortan Joe's wives. I, th- I think he maybe never cared, but I don't know. I love this. Like, why the fuck he says this? Like, why they even chose to, like, put this in the movie? I don't even really know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I am the scales of justice, conductor of the choir of death, sing, brother cook, sing, brother sing. The no, bullet farmer. Good. Yeah. The Bullet Farmer is played by Richard Carter, just to uh, give him some credit. I almost yeah, for a second, I thought, That's a fucking great line. I thought that seems like a line you would like also, Connor. Fucking badass. Like that that's that's some like, you know we are who about we who are about to die salute you like Roman gladiator shit. Like where it's just like, come on. Just comes out of nowhere. Like it doesn't fit like the vibe of the movie. The score in that moment is like the only time there's ever a like a, a, a like a like a motif that's like that. It's kind of just like this super intense like strings. Like most of it is like super percussive, kind of like droney shit for most of the score. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> this doesn't fit the rest of the movie, but it's a great fucking line. That guy for, you know, he's he's a presence. Like the the, the bullet farmer and the gas town guy are are they are a presence when they're on the street. For sure. man. Like yeah, they the people so eater. Much. The people eater is they're, what they call him. Oh, the people eater. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They, they're um, uh, they, I mean, this the, the the costumes in this movie, man, adds so much. For sure, for sure. Connor, what's yours? What's your line? All right, yeah. Mine comes pretty early on. Um, it's from Nux. When they're about, they're all getting ready to go, and he says, uh, "If I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die historic on the Fury Road." Yeah, it's just like, oh fuck yeah! Like it just it sets you up for an epic set piece. Just everyone's getting. I'm gonna their die food. historic. Yeah, fuck yeah, man! Everyone's getting their gear together. You know, they're strapping the blood bag, which is Max, <laughs> into the car, and you're just like, "What the fuck is about to happen here?" And yeah. it's great. Nicholas Holt. Uh, on on this like you know I, I i don't know i've probably seen it about five times now like i i he stood out a lot this last time i watched it. i was like dang he's really good in this like like i i was i was super impressed and yeah he just has this like energy that just like really adds to the movie and i think yeah it sets the tone I, I would say that first like i don't know 15 minutes is pretty like disorienting and just like okay what the heck's going on here you know um and he's like this this chaotic you know figure in this in this you know weird world that they live in um and he just yeah he totally like is just like just come along for the ride like that's like, he kind of sets the tone for that so i thought he was really good and that's, that's a great line that's a good one from him he he could have had like four or five different ones you could have chosen and uh no that's a good one to choose yeah from. i'm surprised no one none of us did witness me yeah that's good <laughs> too yeah. yeah which is just various i i guess next to that you would just put various war boys I nearly went with um, Immortan Joe. Just ah, mediocre. 
Me too, man. Yes, that was hilarious. Yes. Awesome. And you can just feel his frustration. He's like, take this gun and fucking kill her. And he's like, I got it. And I got you. And he immediately trips and falls and drops the gun. <laughs> like, dude, fucking Nux is a loser, man. Like, he is a loser amongst the war boys. Like, <laughs> me- mediocre. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. The comedic timing in this thing is fucking great. Like, right when we need a little levity, we get it. Yeah. Yeah. Barry and Larry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. The Thomas Newman, the music moment. Uh, what do you got, Adam? So, yeah, Jeremy mentioned it earlier uh, about the score. You, you not really like it that much. And and I, I I like it in moments. I think overall it, it is a little bit weak. But there are some moments where it kind of soars and, it's, and it hits pretty pretty hard and, and it's good. Um, but my favorite actual music moment has got to be the reveal of the guitar guy on top of the with the you know the the, 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 the absolute you know gigantic you know contraption behind him of all the speakers and the wires and everything and just him just you know pounding away on this guitar is like you know war literally is going on around him. Um, that's like just the kind of the coolest music moment of the movie. I thought. Yeah, just to alleviate any tension, we're getting up to mine. I also went with guitar guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking. I I also. <laughs> well, it's, it's actually so it's that it's that like truck in general, but I actually I think. Yeah, the drums behind. I didn't notice. Yeah. I didn't notice this before. Yeah, but like early on in the movie, um, we see the back of the truck, and and the drummers are already on the truck. Like later on, they like strap the guy in. Uh, what'd you say they called him, Connor? The doof warrior. The doof warrior. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm still going with the the drum gun, the guitar truck, but uh, um, I think the first time I saw it, I was not the first time I saw this movie. I don't think I was really concerned with like things that you really shouldn't be concerned with. But the second time I watched this, I was watching that guitar player a lot more, and I was like, it looks like the things that noises that are coming out. He like he's not really playing, and of course he's not really fucking playing, but like. I don't know, like that thing bothered me a little bit, but it's just too fucking cool to like really give that much of a shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, specifically, I really like the like, it was just like, I don't know, this insane amount of like chained, like raising and lowering platforms. And then you see the, the truck coming down and the drums and they're all banging on the drums already. Like, that shit's fucking cool as fuck. But yeah, I want to say about the score, like, <laughs> The moment when, like, that what a lovely day line, the score that's going on during that scene where they're driving in the storm, that's the moment when I was like, I don't like the score. It doesn't fucking fit at all. I mean, like, if you ever are watching it again, like, just try to remember this. Like, it's just this really, like, morose kind of like, and it's just like, why? Like, that's not what I'm feeling right now. I'm watching all these cars and trucks getting ripped apart, like, I, I don't know. It, that that's the moment when I when I decided I didn't like the score, and it changes that "What a Lovely Day" line. Like it, it doesn't hit as hard for me because I like I'm a little bit sour on what something else that's going on in the overall product. Uh, I don't want to pinpoint that instead of just saying, "Oh, I don't like the score." Like it's that specifically. I just want to be clear. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The score is pretty unremarkable. I don't know if that's partially why, you know, the Doof Warrior and all his glory stands out as just, you know, our kind of harbinger of music in this crazy world. 
Like if you want music in Mad Max, if you live there and you want music, you got to go to Guitar Guy. You got to go to the Doof Warrior and watch him, you know, flame on. <laughs> Doof Warrior. Yeah, there's the part part of the part or one of the parts where I I like it is where it's they're more like these kind of like stabs, like these kind of musical stabs when it's like you see someone off in the distance like you didn't notice at first, or like there's like things like that that I think are pretty good, um, like those kind of little hard just like guitar and you know, um bass like little stabs they have every once in a while it's not like the extended periods of the score but like th those parts i think actually kind of fit and like jeremy said i think it actually matches what we're like watching kind of on screen unfold um that's when i think it's pretty good but i do there's like no yeah go ahead Connor. i do like the use of like random pieces of uh classical music that kind of get inserted into the score i think that worked really well it gave this kind of operatic quality to this weird ass mm -hmm. world but the original pieces of music just don't stand out for me yeah no, I'm with you. Yeah, that's I think that's that's what I'm talking about with that uh that bullet farmer scene. Like um I don't I don't know I don't know classical music at all, but it's a piece that I recognize the string line that's going on behind him when he's yelling that line and just shooting those those guns like recklessly. It's some line I was gonna look up what it was actually called, but you know what? I didn't. <laughs> Maybe I could do it now, but I don't you want to because when I go on the internet it messes with the screen thing. All right, well, so fair enough. Just not do that. Let's just go on, on to the, on to the next just, one. Just, just just move on. All right. We'll do it live. Um <laughs> the, the Philip Seymour Hoffman Award, best performance. Who won the movie, Adam? Uh Charlie Stern. Um yeah, I thought I thought is that's the one that I, I take away. It's like it really you know, Hardy is, is in his kind of like minimalistic, you know, grunting style, which, you know, I think a lot of people can take or leave. I, I generally like it, um, but I thought she was just yeah, fantastic. I mean, really, like she is the movie. She kind of holds it together. She's the emotional heartbeat of it. Um, she's the reason for hope. She's the reason for agony. That she's She is the kind of reason the whole thing uh, comes together. I thought she was just really, really good. Uh, and, and yeah, I would love to see more of her in this role for sure. Yeah, I think everyone pretty much agreed with you, which is why they were all kind of bummed when she wasn't going to be Furiosa in the prequel. Uh, yeah, right on. Yeah, not going to argue with that. She does a great job. Uh, Jeremy, how about you? Uh, I didn't even write. Uh, I didn't, I even, I normally write down like options, but to me, there's no no other there's no other uh, option uh, than Nicholas Holt, like who who uh uh to me easily has best performance. I think is also doing the most acting. Uh, I, I mean, like Charlie Theron is is undeniable, and I don't think I disagree with anything Adam said. But she's not, she's not really acting much. I don't think like there's not a lot. It's not a lot going on. Like Nicholas Holt is this like bizarre, otherworldly like being. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't even. There's no there's no one else. Bullet Farmer would be second, I think. I love that Bullet Farmer, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Nick, yeah, Nicholas Holt, Nicholas nice. Holt, Nux, Nux, the War Boy, end of his half life. <laughs> I I also went with Nicholas Holt. He's kicking ass. I've never hey. seen him like this before, and you know, it's I love seeing somebody just go berserk in a crazy world and commit to a character that is so outside the norm of reality, and. This war boy who like lives and dies by a Morton Joe who sprays his mouth with the chrome shit to, you know, be awaited in Valhalla and then has his like worldview completely shifted and becomes a good guy to like help them take him down. It's like, what? 
his arc is fucking crazy. And ultimately, you know, he gets what he wants. He, you know, goes to Valhalla in his own way, doing the right thing. And it's, it's such a great character. What is what does he say? Uh, he just says, "Witness me" before he like flips the truck, right? Yeah, and the one one yeah. of the oh wives God. Like, reaches towards him. Right. We're uh, the, what'd you say? Her name was Adam. The capable. Yeah, capable. Yeah, just just yeah, capable. Just, Not just even capable. the capable. Okay. Just, just yeah, capable. Capable and <laughs> Nux, you know, star cross lovers. What are you gonna do? Yeah, Riley Keough. Fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, I just watched that uh, Daisy Jones show, and uh, that's yeah, the last thing I saw with her. Yeah, it's whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, real quick on the real quick on the on the, the wives. Um, but you know, before I forget it, I mean, so it is interesting that like a couple of them are Australian, a couple of them are American, one of them is English. Like I like I think, and and they're kind of all basically doing their own accent. So it's like I, I found that interesting that um there was no need to, and like Charlize is too. Like she's not you know she doesn't sound Australian. So it's like I assume. Like this is in Australia, right? Like I assume that's like what we're kind of like supposed to like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I know it's like you know. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's where the, all the other ones were. I've always, I don't, I don't think they've. They, did they ever tell us that it's in Australia? Other than the other Mad Max movies being in Australia, they didn't in this one. No, they don't. Yeah. In this one. countries don't exist anymore. Like that. Yeah, it's in Morton Joe. No, I mean they're on that. They're on that landmass. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What What um, was Australia? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I didn't really ever think I never thought about it before, and I don't even. I mean, I I surely noticed it the other times I've watched, but I've never thought about like, yeah, why is Charlize Theron not doing an Australian accent uh, in this one? That was making me think like maybe this is like not supposed to be in Australia or is a different timeline and a different place, you know? But like, again, I I go back to there. There's like a lot of questions I notes about like things I didn't really understand and like. This is a really easy movie and a really easy franchise to just not care. Yeah. To uh, suspend yeah. the disbelief, I guess. Yes, it's very easy to suspend the disbelief because the world is so unique and it's so well built that I just like don't care about some of the little details like that. Like where I normally might in other movies I might be like, oh, like why would they why would they have an American accent? Like why would they have an English accent? It's like I don't like I just don't care. It's like this world is its own unique world yeah. and I'll just I'll go along with it, you know. Totally agree. Um, I do want to shout out um Hugh Keys Byrne who plays a Morton Joe. Uh, he's fucking great. I do love yes. that he was the original villain in the first Mad Max. He played Toe Cutter in the '79 film, and then they got him back to play the villain in this one. Love that, and he commits. Yeah. He's he's fucking crazy and scary. That's like Bane looking motherfucker oh, who rules the waste. He's Toe Cutter. Yeah, he was Toe Cutter. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. You know, you know who I you know who he, honestly he looks like in this movie is Bowser. <laughs> He does kind of, kind of yeah. It's the, it's the um, it's his like body armor, the like breastplate. Uh, yeah, they put on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, that was I a never really human being. This is what he looked like. Never yeah. thought of that before, but uh, um, the second you said that, I was like, yeah, it's the body armor. Duh. Duh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah he does does look like Bowser. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Jack Black playing Bowser now? Yeah. What do you, you got? You got, you got any? You got any opinions on that it's Mario animated movie? Nope. I never played I, I Mario. I don't care. Yeah. yeah, we Jeremy, we weren't really Nintendo guys growing up. I mean, you became one, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I just don't. No, I, I have no like strong connection to that world, so I just don't have any real desire to see it. So yeah, I have no money, so I'm being very choosy about what I go see. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 don't, really I don't. I don't like. I don't. I don't like that it exists. 
<laughs> okay. You don't say. And uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Is it doing well? I haven't. Um, I haven't probably. What? 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 I said probably. It probably is. I don't know. I mean, it's like, like kids' movies. Like so many kids' movies do well, just because it's like, yeah. It's true. You got a kids like you know like. I don't get the kids to shut up for quiet for two hours. hours. Yeah. yeah, it's Illumination. You know the Despicable Me people. They they yeah they make pretty terrible movies, but they always are profitable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they do make a shitload of money. Yeah. Fucking, <laughs> yeah, got to get into it into that world. Make a sexy animated Bible franchise. Billion dollar idea. Yeah. Um, all right, are we, are we on? All best right. scene yeah, best, yeah scene. best scene. The John yeah. Carpenter Award. What's the best scene of the movie? We we, we probably could just all have the same one. I mean, I the 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 road battle that kind of goes into the what I like whatever weather, weather formation that is. I mean, that's absolutely stunning. Like that that whole like sequence is just like um kind of like breathtaking. It takes us actually. I was I paused it right when it kind of ends. It's the exact thirty minute mark of the movie, and then it takes like a necessary breather after that because that is just like so intense that entire um scene. So yeah, I mean, just I I think that um little stretch i guess you could call it from like from when nucks they kind of like all decide to go and chase after and they all kind of meet up in that one point and kind of drive into that weather formation that whole scene there i think is is would be my favorite it's just yeah it's incredible yeah i agree i went with the same stretch that that's just epic and you know with max strapped to the fucking hood of a car with like blood you know giving blood to, to nucks cyclone do warrior like it's all just working in tandem to be as badass as possible to just tell you like you waited 30 years for more for more mad max here it is and yeah i think it's a great way to just lure you in and keep <sighs> you there so yeah epic scene i i didn't go with that one and and i i actually thought that we would all go with the same one that that i went with and that's the like the final the final battle you know yeah Okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I mean, yeah, in that little canyon, I think that that scene and I, that one faction of like, I don't know if we ever like figure out what their name is, but those guys like the little like motorcycles, like um, that kind of like help her out briefly, um, Furiosa out briefly, but then like, you know, like are out for their for themselves as well too. They're kind of like watching from that, you know, up on high. Like there's, I love like every little pocket, every little corner of this world has like its own unique like little thing. Um, and that's yeah. exactly what happened. And when those guys, like when, when they're sitting up there, um, kind of waiting for action to happen. They're, they're literally just like, what else is there to do? Like, they're just sitting there kind of like just playing with the dirt, essentially. And then they hear like, you know, off in the distance, like that stuff going off. And it's like, oh, shoot, like it's time to get, kind of, time to get going here. So um, do they get, do they get involved in it? They, in that last yeah. one, they don't really. Yeah, they don't really. Yeah. But you they're can just, just kind of like, oh, fucking hey, look at that. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I'm trying to understand their motivation. Like we're, we're not really like, we don't really know exactly what deal Furiosa made with them. It seems like she's like, I will bring you gasoline if you, like block the canyon for me i think is what the deal is yeah yeah but it's also like it like i don't know what like they weren't like questioning beyond that and then the moment it changes is when like they can hear uh shit what's what's her name again splendid when they can hear splendid is when they like decide to turn on her like i don't know they don't make a lot of sense to me i've been i, I would call them like too nomads. yeah yeah yeah, because her deal is she didn't tell them like I need to transport Immortan Joe's wives that I've stolen. Yeah. Like they didn't want to be involved in that shit. Yeah, I, yeah. I understand they weren't like they didn't want that heat, but it's also like what 
I don't know. The deal just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like what they thought Furiosa could get out of it. Maybe that she was just trying to steal a war rig. Uh, that's the only thing I could really think of. Yeah, it's another part but, of the world uh, that I'm just like, whatever, it's fine. Like I, I, I just you know, it's like the world's cool. It looks cool. That's like a cool little faction in this thing. Like, um, like whether it makes perfect sense too. Like one of the goofs, like on IMDb, like if you look at, like I think it's funny. Like you talked about uh, Rictus, Jeremy, like pulling out the the engine. Um, someone made a note about how like exhaust engines on on trucks like that can get up to like 350 degrees and like people are constantly like grabbing them touching them using them as they're touching like, the, yeah i actually thought about that too i was yeah. like i don't know anything about cars but i was like i feel like that would be like extremely hot yes yes it's just like seems because, like there's just media, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, like, who that, cares? like the world that they live in that they're so like accustomed to pain that like they wouldn't even notice that shit or it would be like a gift from Valhalla to hold yeah. that engine or some shit like that. Yeah, 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 definitely the War Boys. Yeah, would just like get off on it and yeah. and ask him Morton Joe if they could please do it. But yeah. also, there's a thing where they're like siphoning gas, like with their like they're using their mouth to siphon gas and spit it into the what? What is that? What? Like, do y'all know what they were doing? I mean, I understand the concept is like then they were like racing to see who could do more of it first, like because it was like making them go faster. Um, I don't, I don't know. I didn't really understand what was going on there. I mean, it, but that's again, like in, in the, in just the world of the movie, I was like, ah, yes, like the thing they're doing makes the, makes it go faster. Yeah, and yeah, so and like, cool, they got to do it. They got to do it more than the other guy, you know. And that's that's it. I was I was really like disturbed by the, uh, like the mother's milk, like assembly of like women just getting like breast pumped. To make like yeah. a big tank of milk, that that freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, it, was, no. that, it made that sense was one of the weird, that world. That was like I didn't see Well, we see them later. We see the milk ladies later. They're yeah, they're yeah. all standing on the the balcony like you go, Furio. So you got yeah. them, girl. Like so, you know. But you know, it's it's that's one of the hard things about the transfer of powers. You got to have the milk milk ladies. <laughs> on your side the, the you know but yeah. also like why do they do well i don't know I, i'm not sure why why that was even a thing but i think that was that was just like hey let's also have this fucking scene with these ladies who are being milked and and then like joe and his kid are drinking it joe's sons are hilarious by the way rictus and the little the little the little guy yes when yeah, he's cool. screaming like, "I had a brother! I had yeah. a perfect brother! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a brother!" Yeah. Oh, the, oh, the the organic mechanic. I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, the Bear organic doctor mechanic. is called the organic mechanic. Uh, Jeremy, uh, I know you guys have been going through this recently, but that's uh, Bear Gerhardt from uh, Fargo season two. That okay? I, the whole movie, I was like, I just fucking saw this guy. Yeah. Like a bunch, and I can't I remember what it was. Face. Like well, yeah. the... Fargo, fucking a. Okay. Yeah, Fargo season two, one of the best seasons of TV ever, in my opinion. But uh, but yeah, no, he he's really good. Yeah, the organic mechanic. I love. Yeah, the name. And then the the older woman, uh, the keeper of the seeds, and the Valkyrie is like the younger, the one that is like uses bait to like nude woman up in the, in that like you know that like rafters thing. Does so. she survive? I don't she's know. the one who she gets knocked off and she's like about to shoot somebody, and then we just don't see her again. Yeah, I, I guess I guess she doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, that was unclear. It's just, it's just yeah. weird that we she didn't really get a death scene as she was kind of one of the one of the characters that we could latch on to. Because in that battle sequence, in a lot of battle sequences, it's hard to tell people apart when they don't have something very defining about them. And because she was a lot younger than all the other 
like mother characters, she was kind of the one that was easiest to latch on to. So I just don't, it was weird. It was weird that they didn't show her like end or her at the end, like living. Or whatever. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. Clearly, we we have a lot of affinity for this movie. Definitely. Uh, so let's take a look and see what other people have to say. Uh, let's have a look at what's in the box. What's in the fucking box? So on Letterboxd, this movie sporting a 4.1 out of 5. Really, really good. That's fantastic. Um, I've got four reviews here that I hope will uh, y'all will find amusing. This first one's from Casper. The guitar guy is honestly my favorite character. I admire how he was fully unbothered, just legit vibing while everyone else was fighting for their lives. Four and a half stars. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Regardless of the outcome, he's got his guitar. He's happy. He does, yeah. I, I've been, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a thought there. He does seem like completely unfazed. I mean, like, maybe he's just like on a lot of that spray paint shit or whatever. Yeah, probably, yeah. Because he I also, remember, he seems to be like blinded, right? Like, yeah, I think he is blinded. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading that that character has like a super tragic backstory that you can get into if you want to read that. There's like a whole bunch of lore behind that guy and like how he became the Dufourier. Mm. I haven't read it because I don't have that kind of time. But he, uh, he does get bumped off of his little thing at one point, like and like loses a guitar, and it's like he's just like scrambling until he can like get the guitar back. And it's like okay, now I'm happy again, and like you know can. That's can all. That's all he needs. He's yeah. like, I just want to play him like a guitar, Dad. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, this next one's from Alor, Alor, A L O R. This is a great film to watch right before your driving test. Four and a half stars. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You're, you're around in the corner with the cones going, witness me! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. Grabbing the, yeah, the gear shift, just come on, <laughs> pulling it out with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would be awesome. Yeah. No, it, do, it does make you, like, I remember thinking that after the theater, like, like, like driving home, it's like, I, I just wanted that, like, pounding music playing and just like that, you know, yeah, it's like, it's just driving, kind of... like, getting, getting in a Kia Sentra, just yeah. like, <laughs> what a day! <laughs> Yeah, I see like one rain cloud in the distance, and oh yes, what a day, what a lovely day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. ever since I was one, I mean, I haven't, I haven't lived in San Antonio for a long time, and I, I can't remember if this is when I lived there, but there are like these like, when I just saw one time that there's these dirt bike people that just go around on the highway and like do these like tricks and shit. Have y'all ever seen that? Dirt bike no. people on the highway? No, I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah. I only saw it one time, so it wasn't like a thing I saw a lot like i was like oh yes this is a thing that happens a lot so they may have just been like passing through or something but it was on uh it was on a highway i'm not normally on i think it was 410 maybe okay that's the other loop that's not 1604 yep. right yeah the inner loop yeah. yeah i think that's where i think that's where i was but uh the i've seen that in other cities too maybe it's the same people i don't fucking know but i don't one of my friends sent me a video he lives in philly and he was like, there's like these dirt bike people. <laughs> they just like ride around in circles around people and like, you know, just like, Whoa! which is more, more the vibe of like the first Mad Max movie. There's, there's, you know, more like giant trucks and semis yeah. and, and shit in uh, Fury Road than uh, still some dope fucking uh, 
dope fucking like bike scenes though too. Yeah. Um, like the bike guys just rolling by and then throwing those like I don't know if they're called thunder spears, but I sw- that's what I feel like that's what they're supposed to be called. Those like should be called. I like that. that yeah. just like fucking explode. Yeah, those are cool. There's a stunt in the Road Warrior that actually did kill a stuntman, and they used the stunt in the movie because it was 1981 independent production in Australia, and there weren't you know laws about that sort of thing. So you actually watch a dude really die on camera. Wow! Wow! Jesus wow. Christ! Yeah. yeah. Cool movie though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just being honest uh, it, to me I, R- road warrior is still cool i don't you know <laughs> sorry <laughs> that sounds yeah yeah, yeah 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 guy died <laughs> this next one's from serrano please consult a physician for erections lasting longer than six hours <laughs> <laughs> that's really yeah. good that's five stars good advice. five mm-hmm. stars he didn't give it any stars. He just wanted, uh, wanted to give us some advice. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. What what do you what do you have it on uh on Letterboxd, Connor? Uh four out of five. Let me see what I have. I think I have four and a half. Nice. Let me see. Yep, four and a half. Four and a half. So, yeah, no, big fan. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's well, know, a five-star movie. So if I have it on here, it's probably from the second time when I was like, this movie's overrated. So we'll let's see. I will change ratings if I like watch it again. I'm like, hey, actually, I like that more or less than I, you know, for the first time or whatever. But yeah, that happened to me recently with uh, I, re- I rewatched The Mask of Zorro, which I've always loved, and in this one particular viewing, it was a ten. So I was like, all right, and I nudged it over to five stars. I was just like, yep, it finally earned it. Nice, I like that. Good movie. How do you? I mean, I don't even. Okay, this is not. I don't. I don't know how to find it. Anyways. <laughs> Don't lose this on Zoom again. <laughs> yeah, I think that. I was I was worried the whole the whole time I was looking at Letterbox. So I was like, it's gonna it's gonna do it again. <laughs> this last one from Matt Singer, and it's just a really cool quote that kind of describes the movie. You can't find redemption by running away from it. Four and a half stars. Hmm. I like that. I like uh-huh. that. Yeah, pretty cool. Max, you know, he has some shit to deal with, some shit to answer for. and Got to confront it head on. Exactly, yeah. I don't know if this redeems him from his sins that we never really get to see, but yeah. I think this will help. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure as we wrap up here, like, there's just a couple of points that I, I you know, want to make. I think one of the things that, like, again, on this, you know, kind of fourth and fifth, you know, rewatch of it, um, that, like, hit me is, like, I, I think the where it's shot in Namibia, which I think, or I guess for anyone who doesn't know, it's just, like, a little bit, I guess kind of north east or north uh, west of South Africa. Um, it, it the setting it's like both like really beautiful at times and then just like totally hopeless. Like I like like it kind of vacillates between just like wow what a like a what a desolate place and then what and then like there's scenes like like the scene when she kind of like falls to her knees like that shot you know and like the the winds kind of you know subtly blowing you can kind of see sand it's like it just looks gorgeous you know like um, obviously that's a devastating scene for her personally but. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that like kind of contrast is like what makes the movie like so fun to look at at times. Like I think um, they, they they nailed the location scouting big time. Oh yeah, well I'm sure you know Miller had his eye on Namibia for 30 years. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he scouted the shit out of that location. Had plenty of time to scout it. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, any other uh, final thoughts you guys have on Mad Max Fury Road? Jeremy, you got anything? Uh. 
no. Nope. I just wish that uh I wish there was more of it. Yeah. I'll say that. I wish there was just more of this like that team, you know. Yeah, this world. Was like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I did talk a little bit of shit about like the characters of the wise and like, you know. It's still like it's 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 very much like something that like would have hit me different in like a graphic novel setting. Like I do love that crew of uh you know Max and Furioso, the wives and Nux, you know, like it's a great fucking crew. And only made better by these like old ladies who were like badass as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um but there's something so great about how sweet like stories are like shows run too long. I'm like, they should have stopped at one season, but then like this movie I'm like, I want more, you know, like, yeah. I mean, she's never going to be happy by, about anything, but like, <laughs> ah, it, 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 uh, as much as it, it is not like concerned with this big sweeping narrative or like story arc, it is a fucking great story, uh, as contained as it is and with great characters and, and, uh, in a world that jumps right off the fucking screen that, I, I mean, you're saying something about how they did so much with an hour 53. Like, they did do so much with, like, a pretty sparse setting. And not a lot of time. Yeah, I just, I, yeah. I I, I wish there was more. Uh, well, I'll leave it at that then. Yeah, cool. Hopefully Mad Max The Wasteland gets out of production hell in our lifetime. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. Uh Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. If you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or, of course, send us a message through the socials. Check out our Letterboxd accounts for daily reviews. You can search me at Connor95, and in my friends list, you can find the rest of the team. Check out our website, filmgasm.com, where I have a link to that Letterboxd if you want to read reviews. And you can also find articles, trailers of upcoming films, and every episode of our show. If you'd like to become a monthly donor to Filmgasm Productions, feel free to click on the link in the episode description. From there, click on support this podcast. You can choose to donate a dollar a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month. We appreciate any donations that you think we deserve. It all goes right back into the podcast. Thanks to the entire Filmgasm team for their constant friendship and contributions to the show. Austin Johnson, Caleb Leger, Josh Allred, Colton Jenkins, Christian Aguilar, Isabel Gonzalez, Jeremy Johnson, Adam Johnson, and Maja Pierce-Lewis. Thanks to Cooley Cal for our awesome theme music. And thanks to you for checking out our show. Don't abscond with any warlords wives this week, but if you do fight back hard and you will be awaited in Valhalla, take it easy. Keep watching movies and we'll see you next week. Thank you.